Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Team, great job. Love that song. I told him right before the break that uh, that song makes me cry. And so I think the worship team, I think, is have a history of trying to do things that make me cry right before I get up here and have to give the message. That's why we stopped doing a whole lot of videos in between service, because these videos are like heart-wrenching, right? I think they, they make these videos to make you want to bring the tears. And then, okay, you all can cry, and then i got to get up here, and i got to talk, Yeah. All right, let's pray. Let me get in the right mind here. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you are good, that you do good, that your mercies are new each and every day. Thank you, Lord, that we have eyes to see and ears to hear this morning. Father, illuminate your word to us. May it change our lives. May we walk out of here differently this morning. Father, pierce our hearts this morning. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, can I just start out with something and tell you something? God is working. God is working. You know that song, such a beautiful song. It says, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. So many days we feel like we're not being held in his hands, but I can assure you, God is working. God is working. Say, well, I don't see it. I don't feel it. I'm telling you now prophetically, God is working. He is working in your life. And all my life you've been so, so good. You have led me through the fire. And in the darkest night, You are closer like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. It says your goodness is running after me. He is running after us this morning, church. He loves us. He cares for us. The Bible says that he is jealous. Jealous, and okay, let me explain. Jealous not in a bad way. There is a good type of jealousy, and the actual definition of jealousy is this. It means when you have something that belongs to you, you want to hold on to it. Listen to that again. When you have, I don't know if that, you can Google it. This is what what I'm saying. When you have something, there's a difference between envy and jealousy. I'm not going to get into that this morning. But I'm saying is the word jealous means when you have something, you want to hold on to it. You see, the jealousy of God. He wants to hold on to you. Don't run away from him. Run to him. Just turn around and look. He's right behind you. He's waiting for you to turn back to him. For he is a good, good father. Church, there are miracles happening here. They are miracles happening here. 
And I've been keeping track of these miracles, and I got like, I think it was maybe a 32-second clip of the miracle that happened, and I want to get more information, and I'm going to share more of that next week. But I can tell you, there is miracles happening in the name of Jesus. The most recent one, and I'm going to share more when I get it, but there was cancer, cancer of the liver, I believe, that has been prayed for, that is completely, completely and utterly gone. Completely gone. He is a miracle-working God. And church, there's so much I want to say this morning about revival and how it's going to happen. I truly believe I'm going to do a, a series on revival, and I'm going to base that series. I really felt as we had staff meeting the other week, Uncle Don was like, man, you should do something on that. It just resonated with me in Second Chronicles 7. But we're not going to go there this morning. We're going to stick with the current series that we're in. It's called Identity. It's called Identity. And what we've been doing, church, is we've been walking through the book of Ephesians. And I haven't been going scripture by scripture. We've been jumping around a little bit. But this morning we're going to start in Ephesians 4, verse 23. So if you want to go there, we're working our way through the book of Ephesians. You know, I never, when we do these planning, these service plannings, I never know how long we're going to go in certain series and I got my team asking me, like, well, what's the next series and what's the next calendar and how are we going to promote this and, and say this? And I was just like, I don't know yet. I'm working on it. So I don't know when we're going to switch to the next series, but we're doing identity right now. And the core verse I have here, I didn't ask you to turn to it, but we can put it on the screen. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I know it's not in Ephesians, but this is the core verse for identity. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you are in Christ... Think of that word for a second. If you are in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. Why? Because you're in Christ. This is the only thing that makes us a new creation. It's not because we read another book or went to another self-help or had another TED Talk that was really inspiring that we were committed to change our life forever because of the 18-minute TED Talk that blew our minds. No. It's because you are in Christ you are a new creation. With him, all things are possible. When we put our faith and our trust in him, he begins to transform our lives. If your faith is in Jesus Christ and your life is not being transformed day after day after day after day, I'd ask yourself to reflect, where am I at with God? Where are you with God right now? He is a transforming God. Yes, there are series, there are times of rest, there are times of taking ground, there are times where just standing in the midst of the storm is all you can do. And that is a victory. That is a victory. But each one of those situations that God leads us to is transforming our life. Paul talks so much about taking great joy when you go through many trials. Most of us have a hard time with that. Me included. When we go through a trial, we're not usually jumping up and down with joy. If you are, God bless you. Maybe you can, maybe you can I can talk to you afterwards. <laughs> you can help me sometimes, yeah? Because it's difficult sometimes when we're going. But it's counting it all joy. You know, when you count something, it's intentional. You see that? Count it all joy is what it says in James. Count it all joy. So actually, if I were to go around and count all the seats in this sanctuary, I have to be very intentional about doing it. This is what God's trying to tell us. When we are having trials, when we are having difficulties, we have to count it joy. It's nothing to do with my message this morning. 
but that's okay. It's all part of the message, amen? This morning, identity, and we're going to start in Ephesians 4, verse 23. What I want you to understand, and this might be for the next two weeks, is that we are light. The Bible says that we are light. When we are now in Christ, we are light. And there's been a prophetic word uh, that Pastor Liz gave a couple weeks ago about being light and how we are all a light. And when we bring our lights together, that light becomes more and more and more and more and begins to illuminate in the darkness. But what I want you to understand this morning is that you are light. And you say, but I feel like I have darkness in my life. Okay, I'm going to explain that. And we're going to walk through that a little bit this morning. How many of you guys remember the kids' song? This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to, don't say, I'm going to let it shine. Okay, where does, it keeps going on this. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. And I was like, what? This kid's business is some serious business. Don't let Satan blow it out. You understand, now, theologically, Satan can't blow, if you have made Jesus Christ, you now are light, he can't blow it out. But what this is saying is, as we walk through our life, we have to understand who the battle is against And we have to not give any place to the enemy in our life. And part of the place that brings enemy into our life is when there is sin in our life. So, but I'm, you know, I I thought you just told me a couple weeks ago, I'm not a sinner. No, 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 no. You're redeemed. You're restored. But we still sin. And this whole journey of life is all about walking through this life and battling against the sin that is in our life. Battling against the things that we have to change and transform in our life. And we think just, well, we've made Jesus our Lord and Savior, and everything is good. I go through no more trials. I'm actually made completely, perfectly whole. I have no issues. Where does it say that in the Bible? How many of you had a challenge this week? Now I'm going to ask you to raise, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you had sin this week? Okay, you don't have to, oh, okay, you don't have to raise your hand. But I'm doing it for you on behalf of all of you. Come on, Joe, I didn't steal, I didn't swear. Okay, guys, sinning is so much more than not stealing. Okay? I didn't take the bubble gum from the the grocery store today. I must be, you know, completely sanctified. No, 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 no. This is a process of sanctification, a process of walking towards holiness day in and day out. We have to be intentional about it. We have to count it just like we're counting joy in a trial. We have to count ourselves to be continually pursuing God. Pastor Liz called it last week, constantly confessing. Constantly confessing. If you are not constantly confessing, I'm not sure what we're doing. Sure, we're worshiping, sir, we're reading the word of God, but there's a bit of it, too, that you cannot escape and that we have to be constant confessors. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. What is it that's in my life that needs to be rooted out? What weed have I let grow so deep that I can't get out and I need Jesus' help this morning? Church, come on. 
Envy, strife, bitterness, anger. These are real things. I didn't curse today. Yeah, okay. But did you partner with fear today? Did a thought from the enemy come and you partnered with it and you started playing it out and you started walking differently, acting differently, talking differently because you partnered with the spirit of fear? That's a sin. The initial thought is a temptation from the enemy. But when we walk in it, when we make an agreement with it and we begin to go down that path, it becomes a sin. And what I want this morning is to give you some tools and some ways to begin to root out that junk in our life. Because it has to go. If we want to live victorious lives, we want to live victorious lives, we want to live in the blessing, every time you look at the word, the blessing is tied to obedience. Blessing, obedience. Blessing, obedience. Blessing, obedience. This is a two-way street. There's stuff that we have to go do as well. I'm talking to all ages. Don't let Satan blow it out. Shoot. I'm going to let it shine. There's work we have to go do. Our spirit is light, but we must continually let that light shine on our own flesh. Working out our salvation, I think Paul calls it. This process of sanctification. You say, well, you know, I'm not like Paul, I'm not like this. Let's read Romans 7 together for a little bit. I know I told you, I'm just going to read, you don't have to turn there, because you're at Ephesians 4.23, I have not forgotten that. Romans 7, verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. This is Paul talking. He is struggling with the flesh, guys. He is struggling with the flesh. We struggle with the flesh. But what I hate to do, I do. This is Paul, converted Paul. He is speaking to us in the book of Romans. He is encouraging us to say, yes, you are struggling. Yes, there are issues in your life, things that we needed to go do. Yes, we do stuff we wish we didn't do. We even committed not to do it, but son of a gun, we did it anyway. And this process of sanctification can be difficult. But church, it's a process. It's a process. There are times when, when, we are, when we come to the knowledge of Jesus, he gloriously and miraculously breaks certain sins in our life and we never have those issues again. But there are many times when we are walking through the process of sanctification. He says, I hate that I do. Verse 16, if then... I do what I will not do. I agree with the law that it is good, but now it is no longer. I mean, try to follow this. This is amazing. I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. It's not I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. See, what he's saying is, okay, I've made Jesus my Lord of my life. I am now light. I am light. My spirit is light, complete light, but my flesh has not been completely redeemed and restored yet. And this is a process that I'm walking through. Our identity in Christ is redeemed, forgiven, blessed. But we must not rest because our spirit man, our spirit man is made whole. We must continue to work on the flesh in partnership with God's grace and mercy. Ephesians 4.23. This is where we left off last week. And be renewed 
in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. As children of light, we need to continue to renew our minds. What is that old man? We have to, we have to take off the old man every single day. And sometimes the old man got slipped on and we didn't realize it went on. Where did that outburst of anger come from? Lashing out. Whoa! This is old man business and we're working through it. But let's look deeper. The amplified version, which I don't have it up there, it says constantly renewing our minds. Whoa! This is not a one and done thing. This is constantly renewing our mind. Daily, daily, daily. Forgive us for our sins. Daily. The Amplified Resistance says, continually renewed in the spirit of your mind. Then it does in the parentheses, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. And it says, and then put on the new self, which is the regenerated and renewed nature created in God's image. Godlike. You are created in God's image. We have to purposely put on the new creation day after day after day. In the righteousness of holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God the gratitude for your salvation. The gra- you see, God understands where we're at. He understands the consequences of sin. He knows right where you're at. He wants to root that sin out of your life because he understands there's pain that comes with it. You know, I guess I'm deep, I'm a little bit saddened. I don't usually look at the news, but a a news feed came up recently. And many of you probably have heard of the comedian John Christ. And most recently, I guess, I didn't read the details because I I don't care necessarily, that he had a moral failure of some kind. And I just think he was in concert not too far from here, not that long ago. And Ed Stetzer, I don't know if anybody knows who Ed Stetzer is, he wrote something, and it's worth sharing here. I'm not going to read his whole article that he wrote. Says that we can see that Jesus seems to be doing a good house cleaning of his church. Oh, Father, help us. Every one of us. I don't just even mean those in leadership. God is doing a house cleaning of his church. He says Christ is purifying his church and it hurts. But yet there's more to go. It's painful. It's painful to those who are victimized. It's also painful for us on many levels. There's a scripture in 1 Timothy 5.20. It says this. I don't know if I have this up there. I don't think that I do. But those who persist in sin should be rebuked in front of everyone. OCC ladies, I get you. You don't have to amen on that one. It's like, what? What? That's in the Bible, 1 Timothy 5.20. But those who persist in sin should be rebuked in front of everyone so that others will stand in fear of sin. 
Church, God is doing a cleansing. He's doing a working. He wants us to return back to Him. He wants us to be constant confessors. He wants us to root out the sin in our life. He wants us not to just walk around and say and do all these things in one light, but then not actually walking truly with Him in another light. When immorality such as this comes to light, we are humbled again and again. And each of us are reminded that we desperately need salvation every moment of the day. Every moment of the day. But Jesus. But Jesus. But Jesus. Perfect, without sin. The faithful high priest who makes intercession for us. Have you failed today? Probably. Because I have. But Jesus. Confessing our sins to Jesus. He's standing as the intercessor to God the Father on our behalf. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. (laughs) We love the author part. The perfection part is difficult. You know, these, you never know how a diamond is created? Yeah. Extreme, extreme pressure. This law of nature does not go unnoticed by God, for he created it. The perfecter of our faith. Oof. The perfecter of our faith. He's the head of the church, the forgiver of sins, the ultimate judge of all. And at the very end of this article that Ed Stetzer wrote, he says, Heed the warnings, heed the warnings, run toward holiness, and rest in Christ. Church, if that's not an action item list, you're going to walk out of here with an action item list. Here it is. Heed the warnings, run toward holiness, and rest in Christ. So let's pick up where we left off in Ephesians. What does Ephesians have to say about this? It says, therefore, Paul's going to teach us here. Therefore, put away lying. Let each of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. He's encouraging us, stop living a lie. Expose that which is in the darkness. Will it hurt? Will it be painful? I am absolutely certain that it will be, but he wants it rooted out of your life. Stop living a lie. Truly, you know what? Stop coming to church acting like you have it all together. Could we stop doing that for a moment? How about next week you all walk through acting like you don't have it all together? I don't have it all together. This is why I'm laying on the floor up here. I don't have it all together. We have to stop putting on this facade. We are lying to ourselves thinking we have it all together. For years I thought I had it all together. Boy, was I wrong. Ask my family. (laughs) They know very well. Oh, Dad, you definitely don't have it all together. (laughs) Stop hiding. Stop living that lie. Stop acting in public one way and in private a different way. Come on, guys. Stop talking about people that you have no idea of the details that surround it. You know, God hates gossip. Hates it. It's like his least liked sin. 
doesn't like any of it. But he really hates gossip. He really hates it. I don't like all these. And then he says, and I really don't like gossip. And we walk around church. I, I know I'm speaking to all of us here. But we walk around and we view certain sins as being worse than others. I know this predatory sins and they have bigger impacts and stuff. But we walk around believing that somebody else's sins are worse than our own. Well, I don't deal with that. I haven't killed anybody. How many of you are killing people with your mouth? And with the words that we are saying? And the things that we are speaking over someone else's life when we know nothing about what's actually going on? That is murder, church. That is murder. He's commanding us, stop lying. Omission and commission. (laughs) Next verse says, be angry, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. It doesn't say being angry is a sin, it's saying but don't sin. There's something called righteous anger being upset at things, injustices that are happening in this world. But what this is talking about is when you're upset at your boss and you go home and you lash out at your spouse. Something's stressing you financially and you take it out on your kids or your dog. This is what he's talking about here. Verse 27 says, this is where I want to just park for a few minutes the time that we have left. Nor give place to the devil. It's like, yeah, okay, let's talk about anger. Let's talk about lying. And he says, you know what? Let's just stop for a minute. Give no place to the devil. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Give no place. If you were, you know, we have a big family. And we have a very big dining room table. uh, Such a blessing from our great friends at Corell's. And we have these long benches because, you know what, we got so many people in the family, like putting chairs next to each other, we run out of room, okay, as big as our dining room is. So we have these benches. And I always think about, give no place to the devil. How many of you would set a table setting for the devil at your table and say, hey, enemy, come on in, have a place at my table. I invite you to come here. Why don't you stay around for a little bit? Eat with us for a while. Hang out with us for a little bit. You'd be like, no, no. My goodness, no. I would never do that, Pastor Jason. What are you talking about? That would be ridiculous. But too often in our lives, too often in our lives, we make a place for the enemy. We make agreements in our life with accusation. We make agreements in our life regarding fear or envy or self-pity or hatred. And what we're doing when we do that, we've invited him to the table. It says, give no place to the enemy. I've not read a whole lot of C.S. Lewis. Has anybody read the screw tape letters? How many of you have read the screw tape letters? Give me a good idea here. Okay. Uh, the senior demon, screw tape, is teaching his nephew, Wormwood. Okay, follow with me here for a minute. You don't need to have read the whole thing, you'll understand where I'm going here in a minute. He's teaching Wormwood how to use Christians to lead people away from God. Ah! 
Wait a second, he's using us to lead people? Oh my goodness, it's like, whoa. But what does he say? It does not matter how small the sins are provided, that their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into nothing. Murder is no better than cards if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. And boy, when I read that, it was just like, oh my goodness. You see, what he's saying here is the ultimate trick of the enemy is like a slow boil. I know probably you have done, well, hopefully you didn't do the actual science experiment. Hopefully you just read about the science experiment. But the whole science experiment is if you put a frog and put him into boiling water, he jumps out. But when we put a frog in just some warm water and slowly turn up the heat, one degree at a time, the frog eventually dies. Terrible illustration, I get it. In the sense of everyone's just like, oh my gosh. You all walk away and be like, he talked about frogs today. I remember that. Something about sin and frogs. Let's just not have any frogs in the house. No, frogs okay, devil bad, God is good. Sin has got to get rooted out of our life. Okay, there's your summary if you missed anything. So what do we do? How do we not give place to the devil? I'm going to give you four words. And I'm probably going to spend more time on these words in the future. But I want you to write these down. Put them in your phone. Put them somewhere. Because I think what happens is the the words that God has had over this house, over this church, over his church, specifically here at ECF, has been words like provision and harvest. Have been marked by miracles. And you all remember those. Yeah. Yes, I love the marked by miracles. God's doing miracle work, provision and harvest. God's going to meet all my needs. Thank you, Jesus. But these four words will probably not make you jump up and down. These four words are something that this is calling this church to go do. In fact, Pastor Liz had a prophetic word and said these four words at the transition service, which to me says God is saying this is also what needs to happen in this church. This is what also has to happen here. Not saying miracles stop, provision's not going to dry up, but if we truly want revival, if we truly want to see this kingdom, God's kingdom grow, not ECF, God's kingdom grow, if we truly want to see that happen, revival starts here. Revival starts here. You ready for these words? First one, submission. It could be a whole, could do a whole series on submission. I'm not going to go there today in great detail. Submission. The second word, repentance. Repentance. The third word, humility. And the fourth word, obedience. Can we be humble enough to confess our sins, to submit to Him, and to walk in obedience? 
Can we practice that this morning, church? Can we just take a few minutes now as, we, as I read those words out? Let's just take a moment of silence. And just asking the Lord to put those words deep into our hearts. These are all biblical words. This is what God has for us. Submission, repentance, humility, obedience. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Father, mold us, shape us into your likeness, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Bible says, you say, boy, those are big words. I can't do this. (laughs) Guess what? You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. The Bible says, with God, nothing is impossible. That the power of the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of us. That says we can do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. I challenge you, church, to begin to ask in your personal time with the Lord those four words. Which one do you have me to work on? He may say all four. He may say one. Start here. Start there. I can't tell you which one to start with. I don't know what it is. I know what it is in my own life. But we can do this, for we are new creations in Christ. We have the believer's authority. The Bible says whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We can do this, church. You can do this. The Bible also says we have what we ask for when we ask according to God's will. This is according to God's will, church. I'm asking that he begins to mold us and shape us to change us, to transform us. This is transformation. Submission, humility, repentance, and obedience is transformation. Submission to his plans, his purposes, his authority. Humility. Walking in here like you don't have it all together. Repentance, turning away from that sin in our life. Repentance comes, I think, with, a, with like a warning sign. Every time you come to church, we should hand you a warning sign at the door. Be like, why would you do that? Because what God's word is being taught, you now have an illumination of you now have a different understanding of, and you now have a responsibility to walk in this truth from God's word. So I think I'm I'm doing the opposite of driving attendance up. I think I'm driving attendance down. I'm not going back there, because what he said, every time he says something, I have to take heed to the word of God and then actually do it in my life. Yes, I am saying you have to do that. So maybe we'll put a warning sign above, hey, enter at your own risk because God is going to begin to transform your life. God is going to be able to do something different in your life when you walk through here. You will not be the same when you leave. We talked about having like a t-shirt line. We always joke about having like dunamis, dunamis power. What is that? 
marked by miracles, death to life. I'm thinking maybe just put like warning. <laughs> warning, just have a sign that says, uh, you know, your t-shirt says warning. And then have people ask, why, why, what's the warning? Ah, because I know the word of God and when I begin to speak the word of God, ah, it illuminates hearts so we have to kind of follow what God says, yeah? This is obedience part of it. The Bible says in John 14, it says, if, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Oof. Obedience. I said this earlier, but so much blessing is tied to the obedience. You know, let's just take a moment. Everybody just close your eyes and bow your heads for a minute. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what sin needs uprooted in your life. But I ask that we just take a moment and ask God to reveal that to us now. I'm not going to ask for you to stand if the Lord showed you some sin in your life that needs rooted out. But I want to pray for you. Because this is a process. This is a journey. And like most things, it starts with recognizing that there's a problem. And once we recognize that problem, There's a battle that ensues to defeat it. This is the beginning of the battle. Worship team, if you want to come back up here. Sorry if you were participating in that. Just keep your eyes closed, your head bowed this morning. Pray that the Lord will reveal not just the evident ones on the surface, but deep-rooted ones that slow walk, that slow journey, as I talked about earlier, the slow boil that we've missed, that we haven't realized is happening in our life. Whether it's fear, worry, envy, jealousy, self-pity, bitterness, anger. Father, reveal it to us this morning. So, Father, I just pray for us this morning, myself included. Father, I thank you that your word says that with you nothing is impossible. Father, I thank you for these biblical words of submission, humility, repentance, and obedience. Father, reveal to us one, two, three, or all four that we need to work on in our lives. And I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to do this alone. That you are forever with us. Our ever-present help in time of need.
So Father, we need you. We need your Holy Spirit to work on the inside of us. Father, we want to be light to this world. But Father, our prayer this morning is that this light that you have provided on the inside of us begins to illuminate the darkest places of our life. The things that need to be exposed. The things that need to change. The shame that we walk in day in and day out. Father, have your way in our lives. Father, may we make no place for the devil. Father, I break every agreement in the name of Jesus that we've made with the spirit of fear or anger or worry or bitterness or wrath. Father, I break addictions in the name of Jesus. Addictions to pornography, addictions to drugs, addiction to opioids, addiction to whatever it is, we break them in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank You for Your mercy and Your grace as we walk through this process of sanctification, this process of transformation. We thank You for it. Thank You for the strength to carry on. Thank You for the warning signs You gave us this morning. May we be reminded throughout the week that You're looking to change us, to transform us, to root out gossip in our lives, to root out the weeds that we've allowed to grow for too long. Father, help us to say no more in Jesus' name. And Father, help us as we begin that process of cultivating that garden and pulling those weeds out. May we turn toward Your Word for truth. And may we be led each day by Your Holy Spirit. Thank You for Your counsel, Your guidance. Father, I pray that not one of us will leave here the same. Thank you, Lord. Change us. Mold us. Back to Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from Your presence. Do not take Your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of Your salvation. And uphold me by Your generous Spirit. Thank You that You are upholding us as we seek to honor You with our lives. 
In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. We've got a prayer team. Some of our small group leaders are on there if you guys want to start making your way up. Before you leave, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, or you maybe you did a long time ago, and you say, you know what? What you're saying resonates with me. I want to turn my life back to Him. Create in me a clean heart, O God. You can do that this morning. You can come up here and they will pray with you. The word was refresh and renew from the beginning. Don't leave here without a refreshing and a renewing and a turning back to Him. If you need prayer for healing, any situation in your life, this team is up here that can pray for that as well. And as we're dismissed, I just want to read a benediction over you from 1 Corinthians 15. It says, Therefore, therefore, my beloved brethren, I love you guys, man. Know that I love you. This message is because I love you. This word was given to Pastor Liz because she loves you. Because he's asked us to shepherd you and to help you and to lead you to navigate this thing we call life. It says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Rooting this stuff out is labor. It takes effort. It takes time. It takes commitment. And you say, well, I tried something and that didn't change right away. No, this word says you labor not in vain. Continue to press in. Continue to seek those changes in your life. Continue to walk as children of light. Amen? Amen. You are dismissed. Have an amazing afternoon. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.